another episode of Surviving 20s. I'm your host, Bria Alicia, a 20-something-year-old trying to figure out this thing we call life out together with you. Today on the show, we'll be discussing survivor's remorse because let's face it, everyone can't go with us. Survivor's remorse is commonly known as survivor's guilt in which a person experiences feelings of guilt because they have survived a traumatic situation when others did not. Our special guest for today is Shaq. He'll be discussing his experiences with survivor's guilt. Hey, Shad, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing during this pandemic? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I um, finally made some adjustments according to the pandemic because I was recently up in Boston and it was kind of bad, like extremely bad there. So um, you couldn't really leave your homes as much, but I have made my way down south. So that kind of helped where the cases is kind of low and um, they have started to open back stores and things like that back up. So um, I'm doing pretty good so far. Oh, wow. So what were you doing in Boston? Um, I actually go to grad school in Boston. I go to Bentley University, where I'm receiving my MBA in marketing. Okay, cool. Okay, that's what's up. Um, but how are you adjusting to up north? Because I know up north is totally different from down south. It was it was very different. It was a um, very, uh, it was a culture shock, to be honest, because um, I never lived outside the state of South Carolina before. So everything was just different, just adapting to people, the weather, food, just everything. Um, and it's so diverse there. I needed everything about it. Um, I needed I needed all that to help me and mold me into who I am, who I am becoming as a person. So um, it's definitely it definitely was different um, coming from South Carolina, coming from an HBCU where black people, mm-hmm. and then going to a PWI where sometimes I'm not only black person in class. So it was different, but um, I kind of really enjoyed it. I needed that though. And I'm glad that you said something about like the person that you're becoming, because that's what your episode is about, the person that you're becoming, but also having to deal with the side effects of that, where you're going, everyone from your neighborhood or maybe some of your close friends can't go. And so sometimes like we deal with that, right? Like I'm trying to elevate myself, but why am I losing people or why are people looking at me funny? Because I'm trying to go further. Yeah. Um, I dealt with that pretty much all my life and, um, the more educated I got, um, like it kind of limit me to be able to take my friends certain places, take them around certain people. It's not because they are uneducated. They're just miseducated. So a lot of things they just don't know about and, they never once judged me for me being who I am and choosing to take a different path and everything like that. To be honest, they um they kind of encouraged me to do it. They know that I was different since we were coming up growing up. They always kept me focused and motivated. How are you juggling both worlds? Because I'm a social worker and we talk about intersectionality. We're African-American. We have to deal with like racism, but also we have to deal with like you're a male. So being an African-American male trying to be a professional or being a professional, but still have to look at the world between those two lenses. So being from Charleston, South Carolina and just growing up in a poverty stricken area, racism was always kind of um, normal. And I always thought I had a normal life until I actually got to school and actually met people who really did have normal lives. I never once asked myself if other people are living, if other people are doing better. I just thought that everyone in the world lives like this. So um, certain things 
really doesn't bother me anymore because I had to been a adult at a young age so I can handle and deal with certain things. But um, as far as like where I'm at now in my life, as like just being up north in Boston and things like that, sometimes people step on eggshells because they assume that I may get offended or certain things they don't want to tell me and things like that. So I have problems dealing with that. But um, as far as me personally, I'm the type of person where I keep my uh, my work life and my school life separated from my personal life. So I don't really have a tough time de- dealing with it because um, my friends from school are my friends from school and my friends from back home are my friends from back home. That's just what it is. Were there ever times where you kind of had to like explain that to your friends back home? Yeah. So one instant I had, so an undergrad, I had pledged and a lot of friends and my family members didn't know exactly what it was because growing up, no one went to college. So we never saw things like that growing up. So they thought they honestly thought I was in the gang. And it wasn't like, you know, I just had to explain to them what exactly what it was. And so when we go certain places, as far as like college settings and environments, I'm constantly like standing next to them, explaining to them like what is going on over here, what does mean, what it like what is word right here they're talking about, what does it mean, like just certain acronyms that they might not be aware of. I'm able to explain certain things like that to them. But as far as they don't want to go certain places that they feel like it takes them out of their comfort zone. So uh, I don't really have, I don't really most, like, I don't really have the problem with bringing them around my school friends and my friends that I grew up with. Because my friends that I grew up with, nine times out of ten, they're just comfortable where they're at. So they're not going to be, like, they just don't want to come. It's not that they, they are, like, afraid or anything. They just don't want to come because they don't really have, feel the need to come. As you grow like we all have these are my going out friends, these are my my homies, my ride or die. It's just levels to friendship and yeah. it's just filtering it out. I can totally agree with you on that. The more you um uh, the more you progress in your life and the more you get educated, the things like that you learn. It took me a while. It took me a while to kinda learn that. Was it when you say it took you a while trial and error by it? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> most definitely everything that I learned was through trial and error. But uh, I'm the type of person where I understand that I can't make all these mistakes myself. So I also learn from a lot of different people's mistakes. Um, I'm like a sponge. I suck I suck in everything, like whatever it's good or bad. Um, even learn little things from a kid or a homeless person. It don't matter what level I am. I'm always open to learning. But um, it's some in some instances, it takes for me to actually go through something to, for me to learn that. Just like just being certain places with the guys I grew up with in my community and just certain things that we went through together. Okay, since I'm on a certain level now, I can't do those things no more. I can't go to these certain places no more. Too we have a lot to lose at this age and stage that we are in life. How did you get comfortable with just being comfortable with who you are becoming? Because I think a lot of times, especially for African-Americans, like I said, we're, it's like we're in both worlds. And I'm not selling out, but I have to choose me first. How how did you get comfortable with that? Um, I think it came really came from the, like the foundation. I can walk in and out of my community, and I don't have to pick up a gun or sell drugs, and I'm accepted for who I am. Once I got accepted from them, it doesn't really matter how the world views me. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so I'm not looking for other people approval. So certain things I know that. Um, I can do and I won't look down upon because I know I have a whole community on my back who's watching me like I'm I'm opening up the door for kids who thought it wasn't cool to go to school now and just just certain things that I had to go through in life 
like trial and error. I never pretend to be something that I wasn't. I just, I always was humble because I really came from nothing. I really came from the bottom. So, and the only way you can go is up. So I know that I'm in this position because um, God wants me in this position. And I went through a lot to get where I'm at. But some people only look at um, the finish line. They don't look at the things that it takes for me to be who I am. But everyone that I grew up with know the trials and errors that it took for us like to get where I'm at now. So what were things that you had to go through to get to where you are now? Growing up in poverty, certain things just can't be high from like lights being turned off, eviction, things like that. I always wanted better. I just didn't know how to receive better because I didn't have no positive role models around me. But I didn't have no one to encourage me to do things that I had no had no business doing. Uh, my mother works two jobs. She always worked two jobs all my life. So um, I was always a hard worker. And I know that if my mother can wake up and do two jobs, I know I can get out here and do something with my life. So just, just growing up, I lost a lot of friends like jail and gun violence and things like that. Like last year, um, I lost one of my um, closest friends that I grew up with. He didn't even got a chance to see his 25th birthday. Just... I had I have a cousin who got murdered by his brother, like just things like that. Um, and I know that it's more to this world than standing on this corner, just being in the small community. Because when you grow up in poverty, you make decisions based off of the things you can see, not off the of statistics that's going around in the world. And um, as I got to school, and the only thing as I got to high school, the only thing that was keeping me in school was basketball. If it wasn't for basketball. I maybe wouldn't have even graduated from school. One thing that did honestly did help was I had a, my aunt was the assistant principal at the school and every day she would ask me, what, what do you want to do with your life? And I used to just lie and tell her anything like, uh, I'm going in the Air Force, I'm going in the Army, for she can just stop asking me. And then one day she was like, come to my office because you're going to college, we're going to sign you up for you to go to college. And I'm like, I'm not going to college. Like she, She's one of those aunts where when I got accepted into grad school, I was like, I got accepted in grad school on a scholarship, but I'm thinking about going out to work. She was like, you're going to grad school. You can get that job when you get back. Like, that's the kind of aunt she is. Like, there's no going back and forth. She's going to tell you what it is. And my mother just one of those people where she doesn't want me to regret anything that I do in life. And she know that um, if I didn't take the chance to move to Boston, I was going to regret it for the rest of my life. But she supports me 100% no matter what I do. I have a sister that's on the third kidney transplant, and my brother has autism, so I have no choice but to make it and be great. Those are just things that people don't see. They just think that my life is, like, perfect, but it's not. It's far from me. With having your family, having your support system, do you ever feel like there's a weight that you have to carry, or do you feel like, like you said, people think that you're perfect, but it's like you don't even know what I'm going through or you don't even know what I manage. Do you ever feel or have you ever felt that it was a burden or you were never able to be your authentic self because people were placing you in this box? No, I, I feel like I was born with this, this back. It's not a burden. I like I embrace it because I know I don't have to do this. This is something I choose to do. Once I reach a certain level, I feel like this is something that I have to do because the because the goal is to break the poverty chain. And to bring education and wealth back to my family. Um, no one ever told me this is what you got to do. Everything that I did, I chose to do it as I got farther in education. I had friends, family members, like, you know, you can take this to another level if you decide to put your time and mind to it. So it's not really a burden. Um, it's, I, it's just something I feel like I have to do. When something just is instilled in you, it feels like it's just, it's come natural. 
it's not like I have to do it's like I'm going to do it and that's just what it is so that's what's up. I'm I'm glad that you have that drive because a lot of times you know you see people from the hood and it's like well I feel like I have to do this like I feel like I owe this to my community when at, in actuality you owe you don't owe anybody anything but if you choose to go that route then yeah like that's just what comes along with the territory and the way how I look at it is that all the guys that um all the guys that told me don't stand on the corner. Go ahead on the, like going to park that ran me off the corner. All the older people who gave me a few dollars here and there to go get something from the store. Even though they might not know, they laid the foundation for who I am. And by them making those certain sacrifices, just by telling me these little things or giving me those things, it created a foundation in me. And I feel like they sacrifice a lot and I put that on my back and on my shoulder. Survivor remorse plays into your life because for a long time, I thought your name was Shaq on Instagram but when you made that post about, you know, it being from Survivor's Remorse. I was like, dang, that's pretty creative. So where, where does that fit in? So the show is called Survivor Remorse. And I wanted, I wanted, when I first started my Instagram, um, I wanted something to make sense to represent who I am without me actually saying it, like, or explaining it. And um, on the show, if you know that he came up from a rough area in poverty, he made it to the NBA. But my my path was different. I just making it into the educational world. This is, I'm pursuing my third degree now. So my our paths are like similar. So I just feel like that name had just fit me perfect, being that he is Cam Calloway. I said, I'm just gonna add the junior part to it. But it came a point where people would, was recently just asking me too much. They were asking me about it for years. I just never explained it. So the survivor remorse part came in and feel guilt is because I'm constantly losing friends. Like 60%, 60 to 70% of my childhood friends are now dead. And I have 30% of them that's, that's living by doing other things are, are, are in prison. So um, I constantly feel the guilt because that could have been me. A lot of those a lot of a lot of my friends and family members that got killed or murdered, it was because they were at either at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I always feel like that could have been me. Like I managed, I just left from over there and he got killed. Things like that. Um, I'm all the way here. I'm all the way in Boston, 3,000 miles away from my family. I could have been anywhere, but I'm here. And I don't have nobody really to share it with as far as like friends. So that's where the, um, the guilt part comes in in the playoffs. So sometimes I say it's a blessing and a curse because the blessing is I'm able to meet new people. I'm able to do new things. I'm able to learn as much as I can, but I can't take no one with me. That's the guilt part. Yeah. That's that's deep. So how are you juggling that like mentally? Um mentally mentally I'm I'm good because like I said before, um, we grew up um we grew up fast at a young age and we were forced to be adults at a young age. So a lot of things that um, it doesn't bother me no more because I've been dealing with the things like that. So it just come, becomes normal. So mentally, like, I'm fine. Mentally, mentally, I was always strong. I was never a follower or anything like that. So um, as far as, like, don't get me wrong, it hurts when when I have to, when I call back home, some, this person has passed away or this person got killed. Yeah, it hurts, though, but um, I just, sometimes I look at it as, that um, you know, that everyone that lives must die. Throughout my childhood, I went to more funerals than weddings. That's normal, but it's, in all reality, it's not normal. Um, I only been to one wedding in my life, and that was last year. You're literally changing the narrative 
of an African-American educated young man from Charleston and shedding the light to to the young boys and girls. Like, hey, you don't have to do that. You don't have to take that path. How are you just juggling, like, world the world now? Like, cause are you back home, correct? Yeah, um, I'm back home for the summer. I was originally supposed to move to Charlotte for the summer because I had an internship, but being with the pandemic is going on, so I'm actually working from home. And um, it's, it's, it's pretty good coming back home. You just see how so much has changed. Um, I'm able to still go in my community, still talk to some of the kids because a lot of the kids that's in my community now that, you know, I know their parents, I know their daddy, things like that. And um, I'm just trying to educate them on the things that wasn't told to me when I was growing up. So that's when the trial and error came because a lot of stuff we didn't know, we were just teaching ourselves as we were going or we were seeing what others were doing. And we were trying to do the same exact thing. So uh, my job is just basically to tell them um, it's okay to do this. It's okay not to know. That's why I'm here to teach you these certain things. And um, and just trying to instill in them certain things that with like being in our situation that we come from poverty, we can turn this into motivation. This can keep us pushing because a lot, a lot of times we kind of use that as excuses of why we do certain things, why we... um why we said on things like that. So um, I'm just trying to help as far. I know before I can go out and help somebody else, I have to help my community where it first started that for me. That's just my opinion. And when you say you had to help yourself, what type of self-reflection did you have to do? Like when you went off to college the first time and then when you could continue um, your education? Um, I had to... I had to teach myself a lot, like as far as like um trying to figure out like what's going on in the world, just learning about politics, just certain things I didn't know and certain things, certain people I couldn't ask these questions because um my friends and everything like that wasn't going to school. So I had to learn a lot of things on my own. Like um so I had to te- reteach myself some stuff. So when certain conversations came up, I couldn't really speak about it. So I would have to go home or go or go back to my um, place and learn exactly what's going on and things like that. Cause I was always a sponge. I always sucked up everything. I'm still learning to this day. Like even when I moved to Boston, certain things I didn't know, like as far as like when it comes down to financial literacy, more deeper into politics and things like that. So, um, so I'm still learning, still learning now. And I'm still always constantly teaching myself and learning certain um, new things every day. So what would you say that you're currently surviving now? What I'm currently surviving now is, okay, Shaq, now it's time for you to start doing things for yourself now as far as, okay, I have, I have three degrees. I, I'm, I'm on my way to getting a third degree. That was basically for my family because no one reached past, a, like in my immediate family, no one even went to college. So I already be, beat the odds as far as that. So the degrees part was for my family. Now I have to start putting them to use. And then um, when I start putting them to use, that's for myself. And um, I'm going back to get my PhD where I can be able to teach later on down the line. And then once I'm able to teach later on down the line, I will be able to help others. And then I will be giving back. So I want to work for a major consulting firm. And I want to bring management and marketing together and make decisions based off of that. And um, I also want to be able to just help you with consulting as far as like if you're a major company telling you what to do, where to invest, uh, where you should move your company here, just different geographical locations, basically kind of do the leg work for you. But uh, some things that you're not aware of that's going on, because, you know, sometimes uh, we tend to start businesses 
in places where we never did the research and see why a business hasn't succeed in that area, things like that. So that's what I personally want to do. The real world and actually corporate America and actually start working. That's what I mean by pitting me, pitting myself now, because before I can help, before I can continue to help other people, I have to now help myself. Do you have any like fears or any concerns about going into corporate America? Oh, no, not at all. Um, Cause I understand um, that I haven't worked this long and worked this hard for nothing. So I'm ready to be honest. Like I'm excited because um, I know that um, when you, like when you feel uncomfortable, I always tell myself like, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to feel like this because that ba- that breakthrough's finna happen. It's getting ready to come through. So, no, I'm not. I don't have no fear or anything. Awesome, like, awesome. Um, so, if if you could give any advice to any young man or even any young woman that's living in poverty, um, that feel like I can't go to school, like I'm always stuck in survival mode, what would be your advice to? Um, I would tell them if they, I would tell them to keep pushing. Because I did the same thing. Um, I didn't have no one around me telling me to go to school. So I tell them to keep pushing because if they, if I can do it, they can do it. And plenty of people before us have done it. And um, I will also tell them when they get in school, like maybe like ninth grade, they need to start connecting with like the guidance counselor and things like that. So they can help them as far as like make those transitions to thinking about school early and putting them in the right classes that will prepare them to go to school. And when you hear surviving 20s, what does that mean to you? When I hear it, I just think about it like everyone has a story and um, it doesn't do anything if we keep our stories to ourselves. Like no telling who may um, be impacted by the stories that we have and how it can influence other people's lives. Well, thank you, Chad, for uh, being on the show and continue to do well. I'm very proud of you. Like, I don't even know you and like, I'm rooting you. I'm in your corner. So I know that when you become a professor, you'll just, you'll just have so much to offer than our other counterparts. Cause like you've been there, you've done it. You understand, you understand. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, it, it means a lot to me, like just hearing it. Um, just not from you because I know it's like I know it's authentic because you don't even know me you get what I'm saying it means a lot